Welcome to Sports Bets Fun, the show where we talk sports, make a few bets, and have a ton of fun while doing it. It's our second episode of the show. I'm Mickey Sanrino, excited to have you here. Joined as always by my co-host, the coach, Reggie. Reg, how are you? I'm doing great, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here for our, our second episode and uh, just looking forward to it. Mickey, how you doing? Oh, I'm living the dream, Reg. Living the dream as always. Hey, we got a great show today. We're gonna be talking Hawks. We're talking the NHL. Reg, how about you tell the listeners what's on tap? Yeah, we're gonna be taking a look back on uh, Tampa Bay Stanley Cup run. We're gonna be breaking down the NHL draft and free agency. And we're gonna look a little deeper at the Washington Capitals today. And we're gonna to discuss if they can win a second cup uh, before the end, before the OV era ends. So I know we're gonna have a little passionate discussion about that. So uh, why don't we jump into it? And Mickey, I think, uh, you know, first let, let's just step back and talk talk hockey. We're both hockey guys. We love it. I think, you know, watching the NHL playoffs uh, in the summertime was a great experience, all things considered over the last, last six, seven months, what was going on. But Tampa Bay, man, uh, what a great story after that flop last year in the first round, uh, coming back and um, exercising their demons in the, in the first round against Columbus and then rolling all the way to the Stanley Cup. I, I thought it was a great story. What, what, what stood out to you about that run? Yeah, I mean, it's the redemption angle. Uh, this is a team that was the best team during the regular season last year, got bounced by Columbus. They made some adjustments. They brought in more puck-moving defensemen and Kevin Shattenkirk. They brought in more sandpaper and Blake Coleman, Barclay Goodrow. The pause, I thought, was an interesting reset for them. But, yeah, they come into the playoffs, five-overtime game against Columbus in round one. They uh, get over that. And, and that that was important. You know, it's it's after getting swept, I think, just from a mental standpoint, if you go five overtimes and lose that, you know, does doubt start creeping back in? So I thought that was pivotal, which is shows you how fickle the, the Stanley Cup could be. You know, they go on to end up winning it. But could they have been bounced again in the first round if, if, if one bounce doesn't go their way in, in that fifth overtime? Yeah, and I, I thought you saw John Cooper's reaction after that series ended. It was not one of um, – business as usual looked like a monkey was pulled off his back and there was pure exuberation. And I know, you know, Coop's a great coach. Reg, you're a coach. I know. Talk a little bit about John Cooper's story. Yeah. Great story. And and, and I'll jump in that in a second. But I do want to go back. I thought you brought up a great point. You know, after they, they uh, defeated the, the blue jackets, we did see that video clip and the, the, what stood out to me, obviously, you know, uh, John Cooper's talking passionately about uh, about his club and kind of getting over the hurdle, but the silence was deafening, as they say in that locker room. And I think that that was a little insight into that team, uh, how they support each other, uh, their coach, the respect they have for him, and what a great story, Cooper. You know, he uh, went to law school for, and it was a prosecutor for local prosecutor for like eleven years. Coached high school hockey before moving on to the junior ranks. Um, phenomenal story, working his way up. Uh, went in a championship with Junior B with the Metro Jets before jumping into the North American Hockey League, went in the championship there, every level, the United States Hockey League, so on and so forth, AHL, and uh, and then now finally at the NHL. So truly a phenomenal story, and I think inspiring for for people. It's always great to see you know people who maybe take the take the route less traveled, uh, but still have success. So I really enjoyed watching that, and as as a coach, love seeing that, and it's very inspiring. So. Um, Anything yeah, else on, on the Tampa before we jump into uh, jump into the draft and the free agency you want to? 
No, the only thing I can think of is great, great story on John Cooper. Maybe we should get him on the show sometime. Uh, John, yeah. I know you're listening. The invitation is uh, invitation stands. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be great. Uh, well, let's jump into. So obviously, you know, the the off season is truncated this year. Let's jump in. We had the draft uh, a week or two back, and then we had free agency kickoff uh, yesterday. Tell us your thoughts. Give us a breakdown. I know you've been tracking this pretty closely, Mickey. Yeah, popped a nice bottle of uh, Cab Franc Tuesday night for round one and followed pretty closely Tuesday and Wednesday. Atop the draft, a lot of chalk. We had Alexis Lafreniere go number one to the Rangers. The Rangers, ton of young talent there on the wings. Panarin, Kreider, Kako, who's his second overall pick last year. Lafreniere this year, Kratsov, ninth overall in 18. This is a team that's got a lot of talent on the wings. Depth at the center is going to be an issue. Second pick, you got Quentin Byfield, uh, highest ever drafted black player in NHL history, going to the Kings, big-bodied centerman. He'll fit in nicely behind Anze Kopitar. It could uh, could help sway the, the Kings on a and back on an upswing. They've been they've been down a couple years since they they won their second Stanley Cup a few years ago. So that was a good pick. Pretty much chalked the rest of the way. I thought in the first round, you did have some notable picks. Uh, Askarov, the top goalie prospect, goes with eleven into Nashville. Interesting from a few angles. One, goalies normally aren't picked in the top 15, so that's rare. Generally, it has to be a very special prospect, which Askarov apparently is. And two, going to Nashville, that's a team where the window's closing on Pecorene's great career, and this looks like an opportunity for him to uh, grab the baton and, and, and transition smoothly. Well, in, in Nashville, they were a team that was in the cup final just a few years back. So, you know, they, they've got some, some good young players and uh, you know, Philip Forsberg is one player that jumps to mind. Um, you know, can they can they uh, kind of retool a little bit and and influx a young goaltender coming in the mix? If if he ends up panning out for what they think they'll be, he could backstop them for a while. But uh, you know, they were in the playoffs again this year, and they got bounced kind of early. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see if they can retool and kind of get back there and be contenders uh, in, in the years to come. Yeah, and uh, you know, I thought the, the that's kind of the most unintentional comedic moment of the first round had to happen at pick number twenty-one. Columbus Blue Jackets drafted a kid, Igor Chinakov, out of Russia, and I thought it was funny. The draft Knicks on both Sportsnet and NBC Sports had no idea who he was, no highlight package. They cut to commercial immediately. Even the Blue Jackets social media team tweets out their "Welcome to Columbus" tweet after he's drafted, and they they have a generic Columbus Blue Jackets jersey and not even a photo of the kids. So that was pretty funny. So, uh, so, was, so was, he a, was he was he pegged to be a first rounder or, or did just was he supposed to be is he it's one of these money ball picks where he's, you know, everyone else thinking he's a fourth, fifth, sixth late rounder and uh, the Blue Jackets take a flyer on him? I, I it's a little bit of the latter. A lot of people didn't have him in the top 100. Um, but uh, who knows, you know, scouts or maybe like they see him, something. Yeah, a few rumors that he was on the first round pick on some other teams' boards as well. So, be uh, be an interesting prospect to, to passively follow over the years, just given given what that was. It was pretty funny. So the draft was good. Obviously, a lot of teams fill the holes with all the players that you know. They all got their guy. They all got players for the future. They're all happy with what they did. Uh, GM and coach speak uh, flowing plenty from from those teams. Free agency though is a little different story. Uh, we've had an interesting 24 hours, so to speak. Uh, Taylor Hall still out there. Alex Petrangelo still available. Uh, Blues signing Tory Krug, basically closing the door on Petrangelo uh, returning there. Uh, goalie carousels, Ben Big, 
Um, but, you know, talking about Taylor Hall, uh, Reg, where, where do you think him and Peter Angelo might, might land? You know, I really have no clue, Mickey. That's why, that's why we got you tracking this stuff on the show. So that's why I'm looking forward to your insights. But you, you mentioned the goalie carousel. Holtby to Vancouver. You know, he was a staple in Washington for a long time. But I think that was, uh, that was a pretty, pretty uh, well-known secret that he wasn't going to be back. So we'll, we'll see what he does doesn't in Vancouver uh this coming season so what else you got what else any other any other free agencies I know we also had the king uh Henrik Lundqvist in New York uh end of an era uh with uh uh, him not being resigned by the Rangers and as we talked about with Holby leaving we have Lundqvist now joining the Washington Capitals that was announced yesterday um that's gonna we're gonna get into the caps here in a second but uh Jump in, Mickey. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we we both, uh, you know, looking at the Capitals, that uh, Lundqvist going to the Capitals, he's, he's a great career, storied career in search of that first Stanley Cup. Reg, are, are the Capitals the team he should sign with if if he wants to win a cup? What do you think? Well, well let's talk Caps. Let's talk Caps because I think that, that that's something we want to dive in deep and uh, – they signed Lundqvist. Is he? You you asked me the question. Is that the team if he wants to win a cup? Well, other other teams that that may be better positioned to win a cup. Yeah, of course there are. But the Caps, you know, the, the window is not closed. O- Ovechkin is getting up there in age, but the the dude's defied age, man. He's still putting the puck in the net. You got guys like Backstrom, Kuzi, Oshie, Wilson, Carlson on the blue line. That's a great core. They're not young bucks, but they're not they're not old veterans yet. Anyways, you know, I think uh, you know a lot of those guys still have several years, several years to go. So I, I like what they've got. New coach. Um, I don't think I don't think the window's closed on that group yet. Well, that's interesting because I I look at this team and I see a team that's closer to what Chicago was, what the LA Kings were, similar even though they didn't win a Stanley Cup to what San Jose was. Teams where that window shut suddenly. Well, Ovechkin's still scoring. He's getting up there in age. Backstrom, mid-30s. Oshie, mid-30s. Carlson, 30 years old. These are guys that are on the wrong side of 30 who are the core of that team. Now, they do have Kuznetsov. They do have Verana. Those are two young, skilled well, players. But you talk about 30, though. I, you know, 30 in 2020 is a little bit different than, than 30 in 1995. And, you know, Ovechkin is, is, is up there. But the, the dude's still one of the top goal scorers in the league. So, I mean – can Oshie still play? Can Can Carlson still play? Yeah, absolutely. So they, they still have a few more years left in them. I think, you know, you compare them to Chicago and Los Angeles from years back. And, and, and those teams, I felt like were a little decimated by the free agency and, and people cashing out after those Stanley Cup runs. The Caps did lose a few people after their, their Cup run. Jay Beagle going to Vancouver or Colorado, I mean. and or, Yeah, Vancouver and then uh, – um, yeah, but I just I think they just need to retool, and I think they got a new coach to do that. Well, and that that's where you know that's the next point I want to bring up is Peter Laviolette. You know, unlike the other teams that we've mentioned who kept the same brain trust in in order, they bring in Peter Laviolette. They fire Todd Reardon. Peter Laviolette, interesting coach, he won a Stanley Cup with Carolina in in his early seasons in both in going back to the New York Islanders in the mid '90s, led them to the playoffs. Leads Carolina to the Stanley Cup. Leads. Uh, uh, Philadelphia takes the head coaching job there, leads them to the 2010 Stanley Cup final, losing to Chicago, takes the Nashville job, his first full season there, takes them to the Stanley Cup final on a surprising run. This is a guy, when you look at his history, 
tends to get the most out of his team early in his tenure, which, Reg, to your point, might be the perfect fit for this Capitals team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I still think they got a good three, four years left. I think the the coaching change, not bringing back Trotz after the Cup was, was a big mistake. Reardon didn't pan out. It was smart to move on from him after two seasons. And your points about Laviolette are correct. You know, he comes in, he kind of seems like he wears out as welcome after, you know, four or five seasons. But you got a core group of players that that have three, four, maybe five years left. Um, that might be the perfect sort of timeline for this group with the new coach. Uh, they do need a little bit extra help. Uh, I think bolster up their third and fourth line a little bit and get some, uh, get some, you know, you know, bolster the blue line as well too. But they really want to get back and contend for the cup. But they're going to be a strong playoff contender. They're going to be a team that can maybe capture, get to the playoffs, and if they get get on a hot streak, capture lightning in a bottle, uh, make a run like they did a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I definitely think that's where they are. Um, and, and hey, I'll tell you what, they're, they're in a much better position than another professional sports team in Washington, uh, the football team who, you know, as we know, had a, it looks like a pretty big cluster year in and year out. And especially, especially this week after benching Dwayne Haskins and uh, moving on to Kyle Allen. So I don't know what, what Riverboat Ron's got, got up his sleeve, but uh, the caps, the caps compared to the, compared to the, uh, the Washington football team caps are, are pretty well positioned for at least uh, for at least some time here. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think you met, you brought up two interesting points, defense, uh, they did lose Radko Gudis, depth defender, brought a lot of snarl. One of those guys where when he's not on your team, you hate him, but when he's on your team, you, you enjoy playing with him. He signed a, a deal with the Florida Panthers. Uh, we did talk a little bit about Henrik Lundqvist coming over, but this is a team that's really clearing the way for Ilya Samsonov to be their number one guy. I thought he showed promise during the regular season. I, I don't know exactly what happened to him. The rumor is a ATV accident kept him out of the uh, – bubble and return. To yeah, play. no, this is the guy supposed to be their guy. Yeah, it, it was an ATV accident. What you doing uh, in a well, you know, it's not the full off season. you know, there's a chance to return to play. So I don't know. I don't know all the details or any of that. I don't think anyone really does. But uh, but you are right. Samsonov is going to be the guy. But this is why this is why I think this is a great fit for Lundqvist. You know, he's, he's signed a one year deal. He doesn't have to play every game during the regular season. He can split time, play 40, 30, 40, 50 percent of the games. They can they can keep both of them healthy and you get into the playoffs, uh, a goaltender like Lundqvist, you know, it doesn't have to be as good as he, he once was, but if he's once good as he ever was, uh, you know, and capture that for, for a quick little run. we saw that veteran in Dallas do that uh, this past, uh, this past playoff and, and really you know, after being a journeyman for 15 or so years, really kind of turn it on and, and help fuel Dallas's run to the, to the cup final. Lundqvist could do that. He could be the guy that comes off the bench if you're down 0-2 in a series and win a couple games and kind of get your team back turned around. Uh, so I, I like what they have there. Mentor Samson off a little bit. Um, they're going to be good there. They're going to be good on the on the back end. They got a couple, of, like we talked about, a couple other spots that they need to tighten up. But uh, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be contenders uh, next few years. Oh yeah, and I look at I look at the Henrik Lundqvist signing as an insurance policy. He provides leadership and stability to that position, even though he does have experience being overshadowed by a young up and coming Russian goaltender. That might have been something the Caps were looking <laughs> at when they signed him too. But at the same time, you go back to you know the, I think the one guy in the history of the NHL that stands out, uh, Ray Bork, when he went from Boston to Colorado. Just the amount of support that he had for guys on the team buying in and playing for him. Uh, one of the, the emotional pieces that could really benefit the Capitals 
going back to what we talked about earlier, it could be the guys buying in, wanting to play and win for Henrik Lundqvist, even if he's in the net or if he's on the bench at the time when the time comes. But uh, yeah, the Capitals, it'll be, it'll be an interesting year, interesting couple of seasons for us to follow our thoughts. Um, Reg loves them, thinks their, thinks their window is still open. Myself, uh, I think they got a shot to be a playoff contender, but I think that window is closing sooner than later. Um, but that, that's our that's our state of the Capitals. Uh, any uh, any more thoughts, Reg, on on the team? No, no. I'm glad that we uh, took this episode to talk a little bit about NHL hockey, and and you know it, it was definitely worthwhile touching and, and recognizing Tampa for their Stanley Cup and, and with the draft and the free agency uh, happening so quickly uh, in this truncated off season to give our listeners a little bit of details on that. And, and with the caps, you know, we're going to be breaking down, we're going to be picking a team periodically to break down a little bit. You know, you heard a little more of a deeper dive with the Washington Capitals. So you can look forward to look forward to more breakdowns like that in future episodes. And uh, with that, I don't have any other thoughts. Mickey, do you have anything else before we get out of here today? Well, the, it sounds like the return to play, the, the regular season is going to commence around January 1st. If I uh, listened to Gary Bettman last week. So what are your us, thoughts on uh, that? Well, you know, it gives us, think- gives us, yeah, I do have some thoughts, uh, but it gives us three, gives us three months to, uh, to break down teams and, and really look at it under, uh, under a, uh, uh, you know, look at teams under a, a further microscope, but yeah, to return to play, we're talking January 1st, the NHL wants to play a full season. They want to have fans in the stands. Who knows what's going to happen there. But what I keep coming back to is they've estimated four to five years of revenue shortfall before they have a make good uh, and they can get back to where they were and, and continue to raise the cap and all that stuff. I just wonder, Reg, you know, are they able to get back on schedule? You know, are we going to start to see January 1st as the traditional NHL start date when the rest of the world starts their season in August and September? Uh, and that's well, interesting. Well, it'll be interesting for the Olympics. It'll be interesting for free agents and draft picks and everything else. Well, and that's, and I think, you know, when you start talking some of those, um, ancillary events i think this is going to be what, what's interesting and, and not just with the nhl but with other sports is you know the, the traditional season starting in early october running to june is that really the best is that the optimal optimal schedule or do you kick off do you avoid most of the nfl and college football which which eat up a a, a large amount of of audience as attention and do you, do, you, do you drop the puck on january 1 with with your winter classic kind of kick off the season and then play into the summer deeper into the summer when you're really only competing with with baseball which i, I don't really know how much crossover there is in attention on uh, this day and age the way people consume consume the games can consume the content uh, you know it might be doable i do know the ratings were down they're, they're down for basketball as well um is that a time of year thing is that just you know or, or something else i don't know it, it will be interesting because i don't know how you play 82 games beginning on january 1 and then try and come back and and, and kick the next season off in, in either October or even November. So it might be a few years if they, they try to pivot that. I personally wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of a shorter season, maybe 60 games or something and trying to wrap it up, uh, wrap it up by uh, 4th of July or something. Well, that, that's where my thought is too. I think starting in the winter time, isn't the worst idea, especially a short and truncated season. We saw this year with the return to play in August as hockey guys, great to watch. But once you're going up against NFL training camps, you're you're the third or fourth story on on Sports Center and all. Well, would you rather go up against? uh, Would you rather go up against the the NFL? I mean, you're right about that. But you know, the 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 current season, October, November, December. I mean, you're up against the NFL. You're up against college football. 
So, I mean, you're going to go up against that anyways. I guess it's uh, kind of pick your poison. Well, we're talking about the start of the season versus the playoffs. Um, nah, that's a good point. To, that's a good point. To, your, to the point, and this is where, where I think the NHL would, should sharpen the pencil and take a deeper dive is, is trying to play a 50-game shortened season. Uh, they're talking about starting January 1st, which is you know, not that far away. You know, you have the teams like Detroit and Ottawa and, and the, the eight teams that didn't make it to the bubble. Those teams are going nine months between games. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing the NHL explore, and, and there's a lot of hurdles, obviously, explore some sort of return to play regular season that would kick off around United States Thanksgiving, bring back the eight teams that did not make the bubble, maybe the eight teams that lost in the, the play-in round in the bubble, have those teams start a truncated season, maybe do two weeks on, two weeks off, space them out so there's always games, but at the same time, you know, it's it's still in this COVID world where they can test and they can they can recover and, and we do bubble lights, maybe not uh, an isolated bubble like Toronto at Edmonton that the players apparently absolutely hated, but maybe it's, uh, you know, they, they fly to Columbus, they play two or three games there, roll Brown Robin, they fly home and they're, they're in a hotel. They're not necessarily isolated uh, like they are in a bubble, but they're in a position where they can be tested and monitored. And, and, you know, those teams start the season, play two weeks on, two weeks off. You start sugaring other teams. And then you bring back on January 1st or between you know, Christmas and, and New Year's, you bring back uh, the, the teams that made the Final Four, lost in the Conference Finals, Tampa, Dallas, and the Stanley Cup. That gives those teams that traditional three-month sort of postseason healing period from the end of the season to that you see in June to the start of the season that you see in October. And then you, you get to February and you, each team then from February 1st on all plays the same amount of games and, and maybe the season ends in end of June, beginning of July, then you're back, you're back ready to go in September. Yeah. And that's, that, that's interesting concept. And obviously the creativity, it's it's definitely, there's going to need to be creativity in that. So hearing that, that's definitely going to be something I think that I know you're going to be tracking and I'll be keeping an eye on. Obviously we'll, we'll watch what the commissioner comes out and, and sees what the NHL NHL ends up doing. So we gave you a little bit of bonus content in this episode, diving into uh-huh. um, sort of what the what next season may or may not look like, and some ideas on that. And, and obviously, we'd love to love to hear your thoughts too. So hit hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think the NHL should should do. So Mickey, I'm going to turn it over to you to close this out before we uh, as we uh, end this second episode. Yeah, great episode talking hockey. Thanks to our fans for listening, tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at, at SportsBetsFun. Uh, SportsBetsFun.com is the official home of our show online. You can catch all of our episodes and download those, uh, listen to those. And, uh, you know, you can follow us individually on Twitter as well, at Mickey Sanrino, at RealReggie7. Uh, you know, we, we like to engage. We like the banter. We like to talk hockey. We like to talk sports. We like to talk football. We like to talk bets. We have some fun. Uh, and, you know, that's what you're getting on the show. That's what you're getting when you interact with us. Um, Reg, that's all I got. I want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Excellent. Thank you guys. See you next time.